Hi everyone, welcome back to How Have You Never Seen That? I'm your host, Melissa Curley, and I'm here with the wonderful up-and-coming movie expert, Brielle Brooke. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So, today's episode, we are going to be talking about and watching another childhood classic, Jumanji, which, like, really, Brielle, I, I still don't understand. How have you never seen that? <laughs> I have to say, I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Never heard of even you know they did a remake recently that's, too. That I have heard of that, okay. but that's the first time I've ever heard of. What is it called? <laughs> Jumanji. Jumanji. J U M A N J I. Jumanji. It's not Jumanji. I don't know. Well, whatever Jumanji, it is. Jumanji. That remake was the first time I've ever heard of it, and I only heard of it because I work with children who saw it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, usually I ask you, what do you know about this movie? Do you know anything at all? I mean, you've never heard of it, so. No, I've never heard of it. I don't know anything. Do the... you know anybody who's in this movie? No. <laughs> I don't know anyone. <laughs> I ha- this is one of those times where I have absolutely no idea. Have you ever seen a picture of, like, a poster for this movie? Nope. Zero percent. And the name gives me no clue. Okay. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> So um, let's. We're gonna do something fun. We're gonna let you take a giant stab in the dark. If someone came to you and said, "There's this movie called Jumanji. Tell me about it," and you had to tell them something, what you're that like, person right now? Yeah, like, I'm I gonna am. tell I'm, you. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> you have to tell me what is the movie Jumanji about. Brief synopsis. Just anything out of your brain. All right. Brief synopsis of Jumanji. <laughs> here, here are the first thoughts that come to the mind. I feel like since it's. It sounds like it's geared towards children, since I've heard of children who've yeah, seen definitely it. Definitely, like a children's <sighs> classic. Jumanji sounds like a monster. I don't know what kind character is named Jumanji, and I'm just assuming that Jumanji is the name of someone. I, you're not telling me anything, I'm not but that's you anything. fine. Just blank stares. <laughs> Jumanji is probably the name of someone bad. It sounds like a monster that's coming to end the world. Okay. On the other hand, it could be <laughs> Jumanji is the savior of the world. In uh, Listen, in all these movies, the world's going to end, right? Definitely. <laughs> in, Definitely. In most, Especially in Toy Story 3. Most of these movies, <laughs> the world is ending, and Jumanji is either the cause or the savior. <laughs> or the effect. <laughs> I was going to say the effect. But it's one of, it's one of those two things. And I think I'm leaning towards that he's, like, the villain. But maybe he's misunderstood. All right. Maybe he's an anti-hero. I think I'm more excited for you to watch Jumanji (laughs) than I've been for any other movie because I think for every other movie we've watched, you've at least, like, you have an idea of even, like, what a character looks like. But the fact that you have absolutely zero inkling at all what you're walking into is very exciting. I have no idea so one more question yes Uh, i know i asked you who's in this movie so let's let's just go back kids movie 1995 oh 1995 like who do you think could possibly be in this movie based on those two facts uh like in it starring in it yeah like is it a cartoon oh you can't tell me i can't tell you i feel like it might be a cartoon like, pick some actor or actress who you think based on... 1995. I mean, listen, I was one years old. That's true. <laughs> you were a baby. I was a baby, but I... Maybe... <laughs> you want to know the first person that came to my mind? Yes. 
I, I don't know if this person's in it. <laughs> if this is right, I'm like, I'm fine. You're not. It. You're not. It's not going to be right. Um, James Earl Jones. <laughs> okay. That's my guess. Solid guess. Anybody else that uh, might be in there with good old James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. I, I have to say, I think I'm I'm sourcing my guesses from The Lion King, which is from 1994, <laughs> because my next guest is going to be Matthew Broderick. <laughs> and so that's the only other movie. I was about to say, that's a great cast, but that's The Lion King. Right? So. I, think, I think. Good job, Disney. Maybe Beyonce. Well, she's in the new version of, of The Lion King coming Beyond out in 2019. 1995, Beyonce. 1995, Beyonce. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, probably... I don't know, like, who was really big in the 90s, like, other than them. <laughs> I think, I just think for some background, I, I want everyone to know that I watched one movie over and over as a child, and it was The Lion King. <laughs> so, if, if, if you think I have any knowledge of movies, I don't. But if you want to quiz me on The Lion King, you can. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe we'll do that one episode, or... Do we want to do that now? Should I quiz you on The Lion King? You can you can do whatever I you want. I actually think up some facts. What do I know about the... I mean, I loved The Lion King also as a kid, but to think of questions for you about The Lion King. You know, when someone asks you what your favorite movie is, like, what's your favorite movie? Like, what yeah. would you say is your favorite oh, movie? Oh, God, that's an impossible question for me. I feel like I have different favorite movies from different time periods in my life, mm. and it's going to come down somewhere between Beauty and the Beast, The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins... The Leslie Ann Warren Cinderella and Dirty Dancing. Wow. All great choices. I feel like that sums me up as a person. And, and Star Wars. If I had to choose my favorite movie, the response I've given my whole life is The Lion King. All right. That's so I it. feel like I can't quiz you because you probably know more about The Lion King than I do. It's true. I, I def- mean, that was definitely a family favorite in... 94, 95, my brother saying, I just can't wait to be king, I think, every day for two years straight, and had multiple Lion King-themed birthday parties, so it was a popular one in my house, but I feel like that's your territory. You should be asking me questions (laughs) about it. My mom claims that as an infant, the only way that she could stop getting me to, like, run around the house and do anything that she wanted me to stop doing was to put on the Lion King, and I would stop and watch every single day. That's it. That's the all the movie history that I know is about the Lion, the Lion King. King. It's just the Lion right. King. So I can't wait. 2019. Lion King. Live <laughs> this action. Is the name of free advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> It'll always be a Lion King advertisement. Alright, well book. we're gonna we're gonna reel things back and uh, hop back into Jumanji. And are we ready to go? We're so ready. I, I truly am just diving in blind. Great. No idea. Can't wait. We'll be back. Hey guys, while Brielle and I are off watching our movie, we want to give a shout out to our amazing sponsors over at Parked Comic. Written by Matt Curley and illustrated by Brennan Kahn, Parked tells the story of a ragtag group of coworkers stirring up trouble at an old rundown amusement park. Pre-orders are now available at parkedcomic.com. We think you're going to love it. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. We just finished watching Jumanji, <laughs> and there are a lot of thoughts and feelings happening in this room right now. My um, mind is blown. <laughs> what a film. So, um, once again, we actually watched this with our friend Mike, who once again, unfortunately, could not stay for this recording after, but we have 
a lot of fun interjections from him as well that we'll get to. Um, so let's start off with initial reactions. Brielle, what did you think of Jumanji? Oh my god. Okay, wait. First of all, should can we establish Jumanji or Jumanji? I don't know. I think I heard her say Jumanji, and I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think it matters. But if I say it differently than you, don't hold it against me. Okay. I thought it was so, so good and so cool and nothing <laughs> that I expected at all. Jumanji I, was neither hero nor villain. Okay, first of all, I thought Jumanji was a <laughs> person, a, a, a being of some kind. And honestly, throughout the movie, I still thought there might be a Jumanji figure. I think I mentioned that a yeah. couple of times. Where it, kind of, it kind of makes you seem like you're going to meet whatever Jumanji. Jumanji is. Right, which I'm like, maybe by the end you like come. And then when like Robin Williams first appears, I, I think... Oh, that's Jumanji. <laughs> um, in fact, it wasn't. It was sweet, sweet Alan. Yes. Back from the jungle after 26 years. But overall, I thought it was incredibly creative. And yes, nothing like I expected. Honestly, this was one of those movies where I had never even heard of it. Never heard the name of it. Never heard anything about it. I had no cultural context. So I still think that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I this was really very every every moment was truly surprising. But I love a game that sucks you in and you have to play in its world. So excellent, Great. excellent idea, <laughs> excellent, excellent idea. Yeah, and we actually just found out that it's based on a children's book, so we're gonna have to read that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or we might get sucked into that children's book, so we should be careful. Yeah, yeah. So we have, I have a lot of notes that I took. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll go through them one by one and we can react to our own reactions. Um. Sure. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Like, I mean, like, really, like, I mean, in the past when we've watched movies, like, there's, like, maybe, like, three or four scribbles at the end. I have, like, a whole page of notes here. There were a lot of thoughts and feelings. Um, there was a lot of thoughts and feelings. Um, I mean, the first one we covered, your first exclamation was, oh, it's a game. I was way off. (laughs) Yeah, I was very surprised by that, for sure. And we, we, this was another movie filled with lots of questionable parenting moves. Yeah, I, I, it could, this movie could have been filmed in the 80s. Like, it it, it falls right into that category. it's, it's 1995. It's 1995, and I have to say, the, like, I don't know what you would call it, the, the animation or whatever they the, used. Like, I don't know if, I'm assuming it's all, like, early CGI exactly. kind of stuff. Rough. I don't know if it's even considered <laughs> early. I don't know when CGI started. I'm it, just calling it early it CGI. Was, it was <laughs> I think there was rough. CGI in Star Wars in the 70s, so. It was rough. It was very, like, unrealistic, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the main point, I was... I was way off, and the parents, uh, I mean, it's it's always a sad story. Like, the parents die. The Okay, like, Robin Williams' parents are terrible, and then the other set of parents die. I don't know, those kids, we have to talk about those kids in the beginning. Mm-hmm. From when? Probably, like, the 1800s or something, riding, yeah. riding a horse. I also, I, I completely forgot how much of this movie actually takes place in the past. Right. I haven't watched this movie in a couple of years, and I think my main memories of it are, like, of the Kirsten Dunst part of the movie. And I remember, you know, Robin Williams, and so I just kind of forget about the fact that this this movie starts in the 1800s. 
the, the theme of time travel in this movie is very, I think, very well done. But the one consistent, the one constant, rather, is Jumanji. Jumanji is is there in the 1800s. Jumanji is there throughout the entire 20th century. And even at the end, Jumanji is still there, washed up on a beach. Yeah. And we will get to our gripes about how to properly destroy Jumanji. Yes. <laughs> because that was really a major plot hole. We'll definitely get to that. So, just backtracking. So, like, all of these things that are happening in the 1960s that were just like, why, why is this the... I mean, no one cares. This little Alan Parrish, like wanders into like this dig site outside of his father's factory and yeah adult supervision is just not a thing there are and let me say i don't know eight to ten adults first of all (laughs) on this construction site that are about i don't know 50 feet away from alan getting beat up by some assholes yeah which by the way i i did exclaim in the beginning of the movie great acting (laughs) (laughs) because those children are rough actors <laughs> um not once we get to the the Kirsten Dunst uh yeah. part but in the start I was like oof I don't I don't know where this movie's going <laughs> it's a <laughs> rough time then he gets so he gets beat up and then he just wanders into the construction maybe because he's you know the kid of Parrish who is like Obviously very powerful in this town. No one just leaves him alone. You know what? Why am I trying to rationalize this? But like but there's no adult. But come on, he hears this drumming and then he like digs into a wall in this construction like he digs into like the dirt and pulls this giant thing out of it and someone watches him. Also, like what compelled like obviously he heard the noise, but like I was surprised he walked over and like ripped a whole wall down. Yeah. I was like, that was a bold move, Alan. That's a pretty bold move. For a very timid kid, he was... Yeah, he... He just went for it. You know, there is something to be said about how the game can only be heard by kids. You know, they're, I guess, the ones that would be most willing to get sucked in by it and play it. Mm-hmm. It's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. <laughs> just a tad. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about Kirsten Dunst, because one of my notes literally just says Kirsten Dunst, and I think it was because... You and Mike both sort of, like, had that moment of realization when she came on the screen. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst, very important part of my childhood. Torrance in Bring It On. (laughs) I have not seen her as a child actor, and so seeing her like that with the exact same face that she has always had and has never changed. She has never changed. My jaw was on the floor. I was like, Kirsten? There you are. She yep. was adorable. She was also amazing. She's a great child actor. Yes. And, and we just found out a few moments ago that you have never seen Little Women. No, so I haven't. that has been added to the list because yep. Kirsten Dunst is an incredible little child actor in that movie. Yeah, um, need to see that. Yes, definitely a classic. But yeah, so Kirsten Dunst is playing Judy, who she is such an interesting little girl. She's very creative. And I think she has some of, I think her character is one of the most well-written in this movie. I mean, I actually think the writing of this movie is great on, yeah. on all, like, for all the characters. But her jokes and her lies about how her parents died to, like, entertain herself and cope with life, very hilarious. And, you know, sad at the same time, but mostly very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, I appreciate the fact that this movie, I mean, like, it's, it is definitely a sad story in so many aspects. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
we're dealing with Judy and Peter, whose parents have died, and Alan, who went missing for 26 years and came back to find that, like, basically everything in his life crashed around him and his parents are dead. And even Jenny, who spent 26 years, like, in major therapy trying to forget or cope with what happened it's in Jumanji. Sarah. Sarah. Why did I... <laughs> I was Who's like... Jenny? There's no Jenny. Should I take that back? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. There's no There's no Jenny that I know there's of. There's no Jenny. Oh, it said heart Jenny on one of the built. Okay, so this is where Jenny came from. Okay, please when explain. When they were showing the town in the modern, in the, you know, modern day 1995, the town, like, had gone to shit and there was all of the homeless yeah. people and there was all the graffiti... On one of the buildings, it said Heart Jenny, and I don't know why I, like, read that very closely, and it's stuck in my brain. <laughs> that is a detail I don't think any of us would have ever I know, known, but I know. very funny. <laughs> so, sorry, Sarah. Okay, Sarah played by the just inimitable Bonnie Hunt. Yes. Like, Bonnie Hunt, I am a stan. Did not realize she would be in this. Okay, didn't realize any of these incredible yeah. actors would be in it. Bonnie Hunt, Robin Williams, Kirsten Dunst, the uh, boy who voiced Chip in yes. Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> as we found yes, out. Yes, Peter was the voice of little Chip. Who, um, I stand Chip as well. I love Chip. Yes, me too. I'm a diehard Chip stan. <laughs> so, needless to say, I was very impressed by the actor's I truly was shocked when Robin Williams appeared, yeah. and I was like, hi, there's a genius in this film. Yeah. And he was a genius in this film. Yes. I actually think I said the word genius about 20 times <laughs> watching this, not think, only not only because of him and what he was doing, but because of just so many things that happened. There was also, like, I, the first time I remember you saying genius was, maybe it was Mike, I don't know, one of you commented on the fact that, like, he goes into the bathroom, right? And he's, like, this crazy bearded jungle man. Right. And he comes out, like, this clean-shaven, like, version of exactly what you would think a person who disappeared when they were 10 would then dress like as an exactly. adult. Um, like, Genius. full of cuts on his face because he's never shaved before. And he just transforms. And He also... My first exclamation of genius was when he simply came out of the game <laughs> and and was yelling. Like, Robin Williams is just a force as an actor. Absolutely. And he just, as I said, the beginning of the movie was not impressive to me acting-wise. And I was worried that, you know, I was just worried that it wasn't going to be a good movie. Yeah. And Robin Williams comes busting out of this game and just raises the level of of everything. Yeah. And from then on, everyone's acting was was great. I mean, most of all his. He's he's, he's incredible. Yeah. He. Well, we're getting we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves because okay. really, I mean, in my notes, we haven't even hit Robin Williams. No, yet. we haven't. We haven't. Um, because he there is a lot that goes down before let's let's go. Before Aaron Harris jumps out of the game. So let's talk. <laughs> this was a minor thing. But everyone was very stuck up on this. Stuck up on this? Very stuck on this. Yeah. Um, so there's this there's this kind of like montage scene that happens when so they have the they find they, they see the bat in the attic when they first move in and then the um I guess the exterminator comes to take a look and he does the whole like I wouldn't want to live in a house where someone was murdered to the kids because he's gotta like set up this like creepiness yeah. that's happening and also kinda sets us up to learn that 
the town has assumed that this little boy was murdered by his father. Definitely not more important than that, but very important in our eyes was that, so right then, the, um, the aunt says to them, you know, it's time to go to school, do you need me to take you to the bus? And they're like, no, we can go, whatever. She says goodbye, she leaves. And then you see there's like a montage of her like cleaning this giant mansion and she's uncovering the couches and then like, and the music keeps changing too. And it's like, you're seeing time passing. And so she, she cleans the couches and she puts in a rug and she puts in furniture and like, like it seems like weeks have passed here. And then that ends and they're sitting at the dinner table and she says, how was your first day of school? <laughs> Which means that she totally restored this mansion in one day Fully by herself. restored. <laughs> Not only, she didn't like bring in like brand new furniture. Like she literally restored what was there and made it beautiful <laughs> and made it gorgeous fully in one day and i and i will just say to that time is not a construct in yeah, this film and it makes me feel really terrible about the fact that like i do not vacuum enough no <laughs> none of us clean anything enough this no. woman she is the unsung hero of this film she is she cleans that whole she actually house. has the best she is the safest role in this film she does she, she deals is with, like one monkey she is away <laughs> she does deal with the flood she deals with she one does. one she she sees a stampede she deals with one monkey and she does get caught in the flood but just like in titanic she floats on a door she's perfectly safe and then she gets you know locked very nicely away by peter yes in for the rest of the movie yeah she is genius. She in the closet. She, if I, if there were some kind of Jumanji apocalypse to happen, I would want to be her. Aunt Nora. I, I would want to be Aunt Nora. I 100% agree. <laughs> That's, that would be, I, I do not want to be the adventurer. Uh, I want to be Aunt Nora. Of all the traumatic things that happen, the least amount of them happen to her. That's sure. right. That's right. <laughs> I, I feel at one with Aunt yes. Nora. So yeah, so Aunt Nora cleans the whole house in one day. And then later is when these kids start hearing those drums that come from the Jumanji game. Drums are very important in this in this movie. Yeah. I and have a note that just says drums. Drums are it's I love how simple it is. It's not like this over the top symphony that happens. It's it's actually just drums. Yeah. But it is an excellent just I don't even know what the right word is for like it. A, a cadence? It's a, it's a great a theme just like running throughout the whole yeah. movie. Um, and I can imagine as a child hearing those drums with like, you know, it sounds like a heartbeat. It gives life to the game. It draws you into it. It draws you, you in. You know what that is. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So that's how, that's how this, these kids get drawn to Jumanji. So, but the thing about the drums also is that only children can hear them, it seems, because yeah. the aunt could not hear them. The guys in the dig site couldn't hear them. Nope. So, I, and that question's never really answered. Why is it that only children can hear the drums of Jumanji? It's a great question. I mean, you know, it might just harken back to children and games, and maybe there's, like, that innocence of children that, Adults are too uh, jaded, mm-hmm. right? Just by like be- being alive longer and having experiences that they couldn't possibly hear yeah. it. Maybe they, maybe they could. I wonder also what like I mean. Obviously, um, Alan and Sarah are adults who end up playing this game, but they kind of 
know what's going on. But right. I feel like if, if, if an adult took out this game and this shit happened, A, first of all, they would not believe it for anything. Right. And two, the chances of them actually playing the game until it ends to, like, believe that that's how this is going to go well, away, I feel like it's pretty slim. <laughs> I think I think a good question is, what do we think are the origins of Jumanji? Clearly, yeah. uh, the movie starts off in the 1800s with these young men, I mean, awful actors, but these young men burying Jumanji in a graveyard and riding away on a horse and buggy, and then the movie ends with Jumanji there washing up on a beach, and we will get to, eventually, our annoyances with mm-hmm. not destroying Jumanji correctly or efficiently. Yeah. But why must Jumanji be this mainstay throughout history? It, I, I wonder if there's some kind of, like, curse or some kind of thing where it has to keep reappearing. It, it really can't be destroyed. Um, and I wonder who were the first people to play Jumanji. Yeah. I Did mean, they survive? Is, are people still stuck in a jungle somewhere? They're so... It kind of seems like they might be. <laughs> I mean, the, the brilliance of the game is that when you roll the dice... You actually don't know what's going to happen. Whereas in many board games now, we know, okay, if you roll a 10, it means this. In this game, you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, and seemingly nothing ever happens that's the same again, right? Like, it's always a new... It seems to be. Right? It seems to always be different. I'm trying to look up, because I was very curious as to... Because we're looking at this board game, and we're saying, how far back does it go? And I was like, well, let's let's think about the elements of the board game. It's definitely carved out of wood, so that's something that could have been in existence for really for, for since the start of time. Um, yeah. Not the start of time, but the start of, I guess, humans' existence. Sure. And so I, I actually just looked up when dice were invented, and there's evidence of dice back to 6,000 BC. Cool! So we don't know. So I mean, we really have no idea. I, I doubt these little boys in the 1800s were the were the first obviously this game seems yeah. to precede them by many many centuries but it's very interesting yeah yep. absolutely so let's move on so now so judy and peter yeah decide to play this game and there, there's so many things that happen in this movie i mean and you can if you know the movie well enough you can base where you are in the movie actually by what <laughs> phenomenon is happening um matt our trusted producer is not with us here tonight and so I, I he called at one point during the movie to make sure i knew how to work the microphone and and he was like i'm surprised i haven't heard from you yet because we definitely started like an hour later than we expected to and i was like oh we're we're up to quicksand <laughs> you know and you can this the movie has like stages of the different yep. things that come out but the first one that comes out are these giant mosquitoes which i think honestly for me is the scariest part of the movie that was the scariest part for me yeah there's nothing scarier to me than a giant stinger yep. trying to sting you. And if you, I, they said at one point 98 people were hospitalized yeah. because of it. Like, uh, <laughs> that is an outbreak, people. Yeah, this game has, like, serious consequences. Like, Absolutely. Just, and it's interesting because, like, I mean, by the time you get to the, the hunter guy, I mean, he is only shooting to kill Alan, because yeah. Alan's the one who rolled the die. So right. it's interesting that these other things would actually attack people who didn't roll the die. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, something I thought throughout the, the movie as, as things kept being released from the board is that this house was sort of a metaphor for 
you know, Alan's childhood or, or you know, the childhood of, of anyone that might be in that, like, upper class situation with a father that is, like, a real man's man mm-hmm. and, you know, holding your emotions and don't cry and whatever. And it seemed like every time something almost plague-like was released from this board, it had to have this, like, massive rush out of the house. I mean, they all went out the front door. Yeah. Most of them. And it was kind of like, it almost felt like at the end of it, Alan took like a sigh of relief (laughs) and they went back to playing. And it was interesting. I think it's kind of, I mean, I'm probably grasping at not straws, but, (laughs) but I, I think those, those things were serving as kind of, he needed to like get all those demons almost out of yeah. out of this house which was clearly so haunted by you know this history not only of of what happened with this you know kid being sucked into this game at 11 years old but you know the history of his family and yeah. his father and all the misdeeds that were done um that had to leave including the fact that we haven't talked about this yet that the same actor plays his yeah, dad. I was just going to bring that up. And the hunter that's trying to kill him. I mean, that says a lot. Absolutely. How long did, did you realize that it was the same actor or not until the end when you saw the father again? I had, I thought it was, but I didn't say anything. Yeah, well, he's in so much makeup. He looks right. totally different. And right. Like, even I like thought it would be cool if it was. <laughs> um, but it's a very interesting metaphor that they chose to bring into this. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has to release all of the uh, things that have happened to him in order to move on. I mean, obviously, then time just, like, restarts. Yes. <laughs> which is interesting. Time in this movie is just not time. even a thing. It's just not a thing, no. Um, but he does, he has to work through, It's the game is almost like him working through these horrible things in his life, even though he's, like, this rich child <laughs> of the parish family. He, he does, he has to face his fears, like he says. He has to, mm-hmm. you know, my dad said, I have to face my fears, and he does. He faces, yeah. finally, he faces his fear, which is literally his dad standing in front of him as the hunter, which is so cool. Yeah. Very, very smart. 100%. And very I, interesting. I think it's really interesting because, like, I I remember at the beginning of the movie when the father says to him, like, you have to face your fear, and he doesn't help him out with the bullies, and he in turn ends up getting a black eye and a bloody lip, and we're all sitting here like, oh my god, what horrible parenting. Like, no one yeah. would do that nowadays. But then really the whole point of the movie really turns into being about facing your fear and standing strong and... Which is actually a great life lesson. It's just that it was the different ways that it's being taught. Not yeah. that I think that children should be out there facing against lions and and giant floods, but yeah, um, you know how you kind of change your opinion on that life lesson of face your fear. Do you um, ever see you you watch Black Mirror, right? I have not. Oh. Oh, I'm hurt. Apparently we're going to have a spin-off show where we watch things that I haven't seen and the Brielle spin-off, has. The spin-off of this show is I, Brielle has not seen any movies and Melissa has not seen enough television. I've seen my, a lot of television. She's seen a lot, but not some amazing things like Stranger Things and Black Mirror, which yeah. you need to see. I watch a lot of sitcoms. <laughs> there, I will not spoil it for you because you need to watch yes. this, this episode, but there is an episode of Black Mirror that... I, I think definitely took some liberties, stealings from Jumanji, sure. um, called Playtest, 
where a guy basically goes into a video game that they're developing mm-hmm. and he has to face all of his fears, his worst oh, fears throughout the game. So there, um, I mean there's a, there was a Jumanji remake just about like 2 years ago. Oh yeah, so I forgot with, about that. It's it and I will say it's actually is it with the rock. It is with it's with the rock and Who Kevin Hart play? and Jack Black. Who do they play? Okay, so it's a it's a different concept okay. and like I'm not going to tell you too much cuz I don't want to like ruin but like I mean, I guess you actually get just from the trailer for the movie, but instead of the game coming to those playing, these, like, four high school kids get sucked into a video game, which is Jumanji. So it's, like, it's kind Modern of a remake. It's a, it's a remake. It's not a sequel. And what, what um, did you think of it? So, I mean, like, like this Jumanji, this, like, original Jumanji, I think is a great movie. Um, the remake of Jumanji, I would never put under great movies or classics, but, like, I have to admit, it was so much fun to watch. Really? Um, we watched it, I don't know, maybe, like, six, seven months ago, and it was actually highly entertaining. Um, the, the best part of the movie, I believe, is that, so, like, these high school kids get sucked into the game, but they get sucked in and into the bodies of the characters that they're playing. Whoa. And so you have, like, you've got, of course, like, the four classic roles in high school so you've got like the jock you've got the the hot cheerleader you've the nerdy boy and the nerdy girl and of course the hot popular cheerleader when she goes into this game becomes jack black (laughs) and so you have jack black now playing a teenage girl stuck in jack black's body and Genius. Hilarity ensues. That sounds genius. I need, to, I need to see this. I mean, really, do not take my review of this movie as <laughs> as telling you that this is a wonderful movie and you must run out and see it. I'm telling you that if you're, you know, sprained in on a Sunday afternoon and you want to watch something amusing, it will not disappoint. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I definitely need to watch Jack Black play. Yes. And the they're making a sequel. Jack Black. They're making a sequel, which of I'm very course, excited about. Of course and, and seriously, The Rock, I mean, who doesn't like watching The Rock on screen? Love The Rock. He's great. Love The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Except not. Let's not go that far. <laughs> We're right. not going to go there. Um. <laughs> Except not. Except not. Love you, Rock. <laughs> Can we just call him Rock? Love you, Rock. I feel like it's weird to call him Dwayne. No, Mr. Johnson. Anyway. Tweet us, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> He's yes. tweeted at my sister before, I so know. he can tweet she's at me. Like, she's famous. Yeah, she's she is famous. So, Hi, um, Mr. Dwayne Johnson, if you're out there listening to this, tweet at us, and you'll hit two two members of the Brooke family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, moving on. Um, so I just want to let everyone know that when Robin Williams appeared on the screen. That Brielle's reaction was, is that Jumanji? <laughs> that is what I said. I said, is that Jumanji? I thought I was, I was still convinced, even though I knew the game was Jumanji, when he said, you were going to meet Jumanji by the end of the game, right? Yeah. You will meet Jumanji. I'm thinking there's like a person or a being that is Jumanji. It is a little confusing because you don't actually meet Jumanji. No, you, you just... You meet the, the word. Yeah. Jumanji. That's how you... That's the end of the game. Yeah. So, Robin Williams comes out, and I'm like... And he's obviously in his jungle garb. And I'm like, that's Jumanji. Also, Definitely. I didn't realize it was Robin Williams at well, first. Well, yeah, he's not, a beard. He's not really <laughs> recognizable. But then, 
you informed me no in fact it's alan and then yeah. i loved that i loved that too that was yeah that was so He's great been stuck in that board yeah until someone rolled a five or eight and thank you peter rolled that five yep um i don't know i think sarah sarah could have come through she didn't i know she could have I rolled mean, that would, five or an what eight what would you have done if you're if you're if you're sitting across the table playing a game with your friend and you're like 12 years old and your friend gets sucked into the video game and then you get attacked by bats i don't know if i would roll that die again okay <laughs> hold on so so let's go back for a second first of all the first roll the bats come out right that's the first thing that yes, happens that is the first thing and then does she roll and something happens no she's the one that gets the bats she's the one that gets the bats and, and then, then he gets sucked into the game and he rolls yes on purpose or by accident? Because doesn't he drop it? It's by it? accident. He yeah. Drops he doesn't it. even mean to roll. Okay. Well, then I have a little bit more sympathy for her. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, the fact, I was just going to say, the bats come out, I'm gone in a second. Well, you don't even, the bats don't even come out yet. You just hear the bats. And then he accidentally drops the dice. Mm, all right. I guess I can forgive and her. And then he sucks, he gets sucked in and then she gets chased out of the house by bats. I am more scared than these children at age 24 <laughs> i i would have heard a bat a mile away and been a goner but yeah. you know he still could have gotten sucked in after that totally it wouldn't have mattered totally. but whatever okay <laughs> so let's just talk about some of the crazy events that happen now that robin williams alan parrish is back in the real world so one of the first things that goes on now is that they just happen to be present when an ambulance comes out and gets into a crash with a car that's being driven by the house's realtor. I mean, this is just so much happening. Yeah. Who's been bitten by one of the mosquitoes. Yep. And now she gets rushed out to the hospital and the, and Alan realizes that it's from the mosquitoes and tries to save the kids and so he gets them into her car. Yep. And... When the mosquitoes come and start attacking the car, they just drive off with this car, and nobody seems to realize there's cops right there. I mean, they literally just steal this woman's car. Right. And, and then what happens to it, too? Like, it's... No, there's so many plot holes. <laughs> there's so, there's many, so things, many plot holes. So many things unexplained, but when they... By the time they actually drive off... First of all, no one apparently sees them get in, but... By the time they actually drive away, no one's even there. The ambulances are gone. No, everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. And they're like, yeah, we'll just leave this woman's car in the middle of the road. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're dealing with mosquitoes and monkeys. I guess, you know what? You're right. They have bigger problems. Bigger um, fish to fry. Yeah. And then I think the next, like, super weird thing that happens is that they go to find Sarah, who is, like, living a whole crazy life as like a fortune teller <laughs> she, she changed teller? her name to like serena right or, yeah or selena or something like yeah, that yeah something like that um and she's like you know this psychic and she you know we it is revealed that she's had a very rough yeah. time growing up but in this town with the stain of having been the one that was there that was there and then she 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 spoke her truth yeah. of course of course, she has to be a hysterical woman and a child. But, but so, uh, so Sarah opens the door just a crack and through conversation realizes that it is Alan Powers standing in front of her and yeah. she faints. Immediately. And stays passed out enough that they pick her up and carry her. Rude. To the house. Very rude. I mean, 
why is this, I, why is this okay? I don't think it is. No, I think by, um, at this point in the movie, we've established. I mean, nothing's okay. Nothing's okay, but, you know, especially not kidnapping this poor woman yeah. who just fainted, which, by the way, would be me in an instant. Yeah, we have stolen a car, we have kidnapped a passed out woman. There are uh, no rules. There's a lot of things happening. And I, I have to talk for a minute about the absolute saddest part of this movie for me, which I guess really in the end it doesn't matter, but this beautiful house is just getting destroyed bit by bit. And as someone who spent a lot of time studying art history and part of that being architectural history and who loves these types of old houses in New England, and you're watching a stampede grow through it and vines growing out of the walls and it just it it breaks my heart even though i know it's going to like all get reset at the end it it hurts oh a i didn't bit. know it was going to get reset I, well yeah i had no idea i also i don't know i didn't have that connection to the house i thought the house represented everything wrong in alan's childhood it was this like perfect pristine white house i mean it was gorgeous but it also just like held in all this misery and negativity and spirit and it was it needed to have a reckoning in my opinion i get that and jumanji was that reckoning i'm just i don't know maybe you're I'm, just sad <laughs> i'm just sad i'm like look at that beautiful staircase yeah yeah please gorgeous the library when those books fall when the stampede happens that breaks my heart yeah I don't know. I guess maybe my priorities are a little out of order, but it's fine. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I understand. I... Yeah, so do we, I don't know if we want to get into this. We're trying not to get too political on this show, but, and it's 1995. Times were a little different, but, um, so let's talk about that scene where the hunter gets his new gun. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that was, um. I thought it was a very accurate representation. Yes. Um, of, so, of acquiring a semi-automatic weapon. If you haven't watched Jumanji in a few years, because I definitely did not remember this, um, when the hunter's gun runs out of bullets, he goes into a gun shop in town, and he says he needs to buy more of these bullets, and the man informs him that they haven't made them in... Since 1903. Since 1903. And so he says that he's going to need a replacement for his... For his piece, I think he calls something it. Something like that, Something yeah. along those lines. He throws it down on the counter, and the guy says, okay, you know, we're gonna, it's going to take a little while to do some checks, and you have to fill out these forms. There's and my, a waiting period. Yeah, there's a waiting period. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, this is how it should be. And then he, he throws, throws a gold. bunch of gold coins down yeah. on the table, and they just lock the door and put the close sign on, and the guy just says, I'll fill them out for you. Here is your giant automatic rifle yeah and he says I, don't tell anyone you got it from here yeah that was that was disheartening to yeah say the least. and again we're not we're going to try to not get political but we're just gonna i actually that am curious <laughs> obviously i don't i think we we're reading into a lot of things here but i feel like that was a, a statement actually yeah i don't know i don't know who made this film but I don't know if it was, like, a well-known director that had, like, obvious political alignments, but I think that was definitely a so statement. So, this, this movie was directed by um, Joe Johnston. He was um, a special effects artist, and he 
Let's see. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, guys. I'm not a movie expert. So he, let's see. He was best known for effects-driven movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Jim Mungy, and Jurassic Park 3. Oh, interesting. He did The Rocketeer, The Wolfman, Captain America, and he also directed October Sky. Interesting. So I don't, I honestly don't know much about him. This is when we're missing our... I don't our know. producer in the background. I think but, um, I think it's Hollywood. But also, it's he is he is from liberal. Austin, Texas, which is interesting as Texas is a bit of a gun state. Yeah, I can't make any conclusions about his what he thinks or or if it was even him who, you know, put this scene into into action. It could have been more driven by the writer yeah. of the film. Oh. He he began his career as a concept artist and effects technician on the first Star Wars film. Interesting. And then he worked with, with Steven Spielberg, uh, and he won an Academy Award for Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, I mean, we're kind of inadvertently still sticking with our, our Spielberg-Lucas train that's I going on here. I think that's the trend um, as it stands. I don't know. Maybe it, It's just all the best movies, guys. It yep. is what it is. What can I say? So, all right, we're, we're almost through the end of these notes here. So, I mean, this was my note. I have to say the thing that blows my mind in this movie is the fact that that police car is still running. It's incredible <laughs> what that police car goes through and also what that policeman goes through. He is one of my favorite gems of this film. He's fantastic. He's hilarious. And what happens to him is so funny. And at one point he says, oh, I should have been a firefighter. <laughs> funny and makes absolutely no sense seeing as he could have easily been in this situation if he was a firefighter as well um but it is very very funny what happens to him and his car and the fact that he gets back into it oh one of my favorite things i have to highlight is that you know robin williams tie you know handcuffs him to the Mm -hmm. door so when they they drive into that store and the door comes off with him he gets back in. The door's off. He, he, he like... He gets a saw. He, he gets a store. saw and he gets himself off the door. He gets back in the car to take to take the car out of the store. And there's this little sign in the car on the dash that says, Door ajar. Which is just so good. It was just one of those moments that is just so good. And there were so many moments like that in this movie. There's so many. Which are so tiny. But are just hit it right on the on the head. Hundred percent. So so perfect. Um, yeah, it's just kind of brilliant throughout. It's brilliant, and yeah, that car is running with no hood, with no anything. No. He just pours some brake fluid in it, yeah. even though the brake is leaking. Which, well, we see the brake is leaking. Yeah, but then yeah, he just that's why he ends pours, up in the store. He just pours some more right in. Um, and that's definitely going to solve the problem. Yeah, that's totally going to solve uh, it. We don't actually know what happens to him in the end. I the mean, best, I'm sorry, but the best, best part of the car, I think the car has its own just like... 100%. ...arc in this, in this movie really is that in the end we learned that there was no other fate for this car the the plant that grew out from the house from the jungle of jumanji (laughs) comes out and takes the car the vines wrap around the car it folds in half i mean it is destroyed and sucked in and it is so funny because the plant could have easily taken either of the people standing there Mm -hmm. which are the policemen and uh aunt nora and it just just takes the car which is just hilarious it I is think, just so funny i think mike's exact quote when that happened was that the 
that the Whomping Willow had nothing on this plan. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Was it just nature coming after technology at that point? Ooh. I don't know. Was that a little further of a stretch than we were going for? Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that plant is, like, evil. Oh, it's, yeah. It's really evil. I mean, it... First of all, it tries to eat Peter. I, I keep wanting to call him Timmy because we just watched Jurassic Park and it's okay. like the same kind of role. But he, you know, the plant tries to to eat Peter. Yeah. And also, can we talk about the number of things that can be used as a weapon in that house? I mean, there is an old broadsword sitting in a glass case. There's yep. an axe outside in the... Well, it actually turns out to be outside the woodshed, which... Another one of those small moments. Peter picking up the axe to break open the shed to find the axe and then realizing that it's in his hand was just And breaking the fourth wall and staring right into the camera (laughs) and letting us know that he knows what we know. Yes, he does. Incredible moment. I I have to just throw in, I know this is a little bit tangential, but one of my absolute favorite characters in this film is the... Lion. <laughs> that the lion. lion is everything. That lion is actually, I think it's the only thing that doesn't leave the house. The lion, That I think you might be right about that. The lion, first of all, I think is one of the more like realistic looking uh, yeah, animals. Yeah, they do a great job. Beings. They do a great job with that lion. And the best part is that first, yes, the lion is scary. And somehow they, they managed to lock away this lion just by closing the door uh-huh. on it. In Aunt Nora's bedroom, and Where the he lion can break down the door. The lion is living his goddamn life. He is napping all day in the bed. Yeah, well, lions actually do nap most of the day. They're not yes, but very in active the, animals. The fact that he is in that bed is is the singular best thing that happens for this <laughs> lion. He gets into bed, and every time someone comes and opens the door on this lion by accident. The lion does not, like, have any yeah. aggression. He just, like, yawns and is like, let me go right back to sleep. I this... mean, well, the fact is, lions actually sleep anywhere from 18 to 20 hours a day. Um, that is that is something male I didn't lions. know. 15, out, fi- um, 15, female lions actually only sleep 15 to 18 hours Yeah, because they're doing all the work, I'm um, sure. Yeah, they're because they're the ones that are hunting, so, This I mean, lion had the best... The, fact the is, lion and Aunt Nora really lions, have, had I mean, the best parts. Lions are just giant cats. I mean, we know this. He's bra- he's practically a house cat at that point. It he's is just chilling. It is so funny and that every time you see him, I mean, the fact it. is, he probably attacked Alan because he pet him wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's really like a cat what would. a cat would do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that lion. I love him. He's great. He is great. I want to hang out with him. I feel like if you just went in and laid down next to that lion, he'd probably be like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, let's just nap, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've gone through all of our notes except for this last note here, which is referring to how we have not, no one has managed to properly destroy Jumanji, and um, we keep talking, we keep bringing up the fact that we're going to talk about this, so I think we should actually talk about it. So, in all of these hundreds of years, and who knows how long this game's actually been around, everyone knows that they need to get rid of Jumanji somehow, and yet... It's never done properly. No. I, I think, to be fair, as as the viewer of the film, we do see that it has been tried to get gotten rid of mm-hmm. several times, and, and these children don't necessarily know that. No. 
Um, so I'll give them that. But the fact that none of them burn Jumanji to to dust is is is, is the biggest plot hole of the if film. It would burn. Maybe it wouldn't. I mean, I it does. Know. It is a magical game. I it mean, is. It, it definitely has powers, and and I can't say. But I mean, like tying some bricks to it and putting it at the bottom of like a very shallow river slash pond yeah. thing. I'm not also, gonna do shit. I mean, those bricks looked like they were tied on pretty well, but when that thing washes up on the beach, wherever it does, it is not tied to anything anymore. No, it is it not. It got rid of those bricks. Yeah. So, those people in the 1800s did a much better job of getting rid of their Jumanji than uh, Alan and Sarah. They they should have burned it. They should have burned it to the ground. And, and it does say something, I mean, even though they beat the game... The game needs to be played again, and it shows yeah. up again, and again, and again. So that, you know, just says something about Jumanji itself. But, Can I mean, you come on. really beat Jumanji? I, I don't think so. You gotta burn that shit. It's, it's incredible. There's so many ways to destroy it. Unless you can't, which we don't yes, know. we don't know. But, guys, if you ever come across a wooden old board game <laughs> named Jumanji... Stay away! And it wasn't purchased in Target. Um, oh, do they have the game? I think they've made, I'm pretty sure they've made Jumanji that's, board games over the years. That's smart. Capitalize um, on the movie. Course. Yeah. So, yeah, if you ever come across this game, guys, burn it. Or attempt to burn it. Attempt to burn it. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, maybe destroy <laughs> it piece by piece, honestly, but don't drop the die, obviously. Ooh, um, the die. That would be my fear is accidentally, like, do not pick up those die. Just, just don't do it. So good luck to you. Good luck to you. Find Jumanji. Um, I wish you luck. And if you do find it and you decide to play it, just like, I don't know, warn the world. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I I think one of the things that we, we need to address is the fact that when they do beat the game, they get to go back. They do. In time. Which I was very surprised by, honestly. I really was. I was like, okay, now time is giving them a chance to go back and restart. And they still remember everything, which is interesting, which I feel like in a lot of time travel movies, sometimes they get thrust back into the past, but they might not have all the knowledge that they had when they were in another time. So now little, (laughs) they're little, they're back to being 11 years old, but they've lived all these years. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. I actually, I'm not going to lie, I forgot that they reset. Yeah, they reset. Like, again, like, it's it's one of, like I said, it's one of those things about this movie that I've seen it many times, but I go years without seeing it, and so all I remember is the, like, actual Robin Williams, like, game-playing piece of this movie. I even forget that they leave the house, to be quite honest, because um, there's just images that stick, but... Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept that they do get to go back and do that complete reset. And also, now the question is, can they change the future? Because they warn Judy and Peter's parents and tell them not to go on that ski trip where they are supposed to die in a car crash. Yeah. So I, I want to know whether or not that can be avoided. It's, I definitely want to know. Are your fates sealed? I think that's a much bigger question than, than Jumanji was intending to ask. I think it was totally intending to ask. I mean, it, in the case of this movie, I think the answer is no. They clearly they were able to go back and reset. They have this life now that they're back to the age that they were when they came, you know, into mm-hmm. Judy and Peter's life. She's pregnant. 
they're obviously, you know, still in touch with the parents. I mean, they're, they're, they were able to change their fate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question. It is a great question. I would also just like to point out, I don't know if you heard it, but our my my next door neighbors have have two kids and I don't know what they were listening to just now but there was like a clear drum beat happening on the other side of the wall that kind of freaked me out for a second and I didn't hear it which means that (laughs) only I can only Melissa can hear the game (laughs) only she can hear the game I don't want to hear the game you guys I really don't. I no. like my apartment and my life. Oh, you don't want to be sucked in and live I in the don't. jungle for 26 years? I really don't. Oh, um, alright. I'd like to <laughs> visit the jungle with a proper guide and <laughs> that proper, seems rational. Um, you know, supplies. That'd be great. That seems rational. Yeah. Yeah. But not today. Seems safe. I will not open Jumanji if, it, if I find it on the other side of the wall. Yeah, that's a great a great kind of tell of what kind of personality you are. Would you open Jumanji? Absolutely not. Well, I mean, I guess if I had never seen Jumanji or known what Jumanji was, yeah, I'd probably open it. Interesting. I mean, come on, if you go into your attic and there's like this cool old board game, like, yeah, I'd open I have old board games. We have a collection of them here. But none of them have sucked us in or into the game, nor have they come into the world. Yeah, but what if worlds. you what if you heard the drum beat? I don't know. That might freak me out. Yeah. I don't think I'd be opening that game. I'm scared of fucking everything, so... I don't know. But, like, I mean, in today's world, at least, like, we would assume that there's some sort of just, like, music thing inside of it or that got turned on, You could maybe. also look it up. <laughs> you'd be like, you'd go on Google and you'd be yeah. like, weird drum beat game Jumanji. And Question then, mark. Question mark. <laughs> And figure it out. But, yeah, I mean, just overall, I, I'm very, again, it's one of those films that I'm glad I, I'm seeing now, even though I didn't see it as a child. I'm glad I didn't see it as a child. I would have been freaked out. I would have been oh, yeah. very scared. That scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, and I, I am just thankful to have seen it. It. I certainly know why it's a classic. And it gave me all those good Robin Williams feels, and Yay. we miss Robin Williams. We so Robin Williams, a genius, genius, genius. So yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap this thing up. Thank you for joining us on our Jumanji journey today. A little alliteration there. <laughs> um, make sure you are following us on Twitter at Pod Never Seen, and tweet at us. Tell us your thoughts on Jumanji. Tell us if you have any questions concerns comments on what we're saying here yep and we want to know too you know we have a pretty extensive list of movies that i've never seen but i am sure that there are holes if you were listening to this podcast you you heard that i've never seen little women on this one we just discovered that we just discovered that now um if there are some of your favorite films that you think i've never seen i have almost 99 percent not seen it (laughs) So tweet at us, let us know uh, what your favorite classics are, and make sure that we watch it, because we will. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, and we won't see you, but we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.